What do Shang-Chi's after credit scenes mean for the future of the MCU? Ooh, stay tuned and find out as we discuss that and more on Only Stupid Answers. everybody welcome back to only stupid answers this is a show where we talk about where we answer your questions about movies tv shows comic books and shang chi we did a a spoiler free discussion last week we're going to get uh, straight into we're going to get into the spoilers and the after credit scenes and all that and with me as always is roxy stryer the master of kung fu roxy give us your oh, best yeah. kung fu tip in kung fu what you should do is learn from the masters. <laughs> yes. You go to them and learn from the masters. Yes. And typically the masters of Kung Fu are little white blonde girls. So just don't forget about us don't, when you're choosing your master. Don't yes. forget about them. So um, let's, before we get into it, we always like to start our episodes with what we are into this week. And Roxy, I wanted to revisit something that, um, you had mixed feelings about when you first watched it. You have since completed the new season of Gossip Girl. And I wow. want you to tell me about it. DJ. Yes. So I guess we are at the mid season break. Okay. Uh, I don't, I, I'm, I'm unclear on how HBO Max is doing their shows. Okay. They, it seems like it's all over the place. It's not like a Netflix where we get it or the Hulu with the three. And then I don't get how HBO Max is doing it, but it seems more like traditional television in the sense that we are at the mid season. This was announced as like the mid season finale. Okay. So, so we are halfway through, I guess, what is the season of the show? I think it's only been six episodes so far. And I, I will say this here. I I would still cut off my arm to be on this show. So please, oh God, don't let this come back and bite me in the butt. But like, holy shit, DJ, what is happening? I don't know. I you have to tell me. This, I can't believe this is a show. I can't believe we're accepting it as a show. <laughs> it is the the premise of the show, as I started to tell you last time is the same as it was before, except this time we know who Gossip Girl is, and Gossip Girl is the teachers. Yes. And the teachers are out to get the students. And they are doing so by, like, taking naked pictures of them and, like, cool, outing their lives and, like, destroying the sibling relationships. And you're supposed to like these teachers. Mm -hmm. And I just am like, but you're, what you're doing is, like, pedophilia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so effed up. One of the teachers is sleeping with one of the students. Classic. Like it, it's just so gross that I don't know how to move forward with it. But I clearly watched every episode. There's something about it that like you can't look away. But at the same time, I, I feel like I hate watching it. It's just so effed up and not in like a way that it's acknowledging it's effed up. It's effed up in a way that you're supposed to root for people who are doing Things that are not just illegal, but wrong. Yeah, sometimes yeah, yeah. people do illegal things, but, you know, if you're dealing drugs on a show, I'm not like, I hate you. Like, yeah. when you are taking through a window pictures of minors and then posting them on the internet, I don't like your character. <laughs> having having a hard time rooting for you. Having a really hard time rooting for you. Or, like, feeling like they're like, I'm so torn. It's, like, kind of similar to what we talked about last week, DJ. Or just do the right thing because it's easier to do yeah. and the right thing. So I just am so confused on where this show is going. They have a lot of 
big lofty goals. They're trying to make commentary on like some major like racial things. And um, like a lot of the characters are gender fluid or sexually fluid. And they're trying to make like, this big commentary on things that, that I don't know that they're ready to make commentary on. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, what are you trying to say about this? And I also don't know that you are the show to do it. Yes. But maybe they, I don't know. It's so uncomfortable to watch. So that's a recommend from Roxy. It sounds like to me. That's my that's my takeaway from that. <sighs> now, Roxy, I know you like you like the cringe, right? You like yeah, but not you that like, kind not of not that kind of cringe. But I do have something for you, Roxy. Have you watched on HBO Max? Have you watched The White Lotus? No, everybody keeps telling me about this. I think you'll love it. I think you'll love it because it definitely. You know, there's some big people in it. Yeah, so so it's written directed by by Mike White, and it stars uh, Jennifer Coolidge, who's been in everything, and she's just she's so fucking funny. Connie Britton, uh, Alexandra Daddario, Jake Lacey, oh. uh, Natasha Rothwell, Steve Zahn, who's I love Steve Zahn. I think he's great. Sydney Sweeney, you're a fan of Euphoria, right? She's on that show. Yeah. Sydney Sweeney, she's um, really good in this. Um, so like a bunch of really great people. Um, but it follows basically it follows a, a bunch of like wealthy vacationers on like this high end Hawaiian resort. Um, and it basically kind of deconstructs their privilege within the context of this island that we've that has been taken from the people that live there. And um, and so it, it's it's kind of like a, a black comedy satire that I think is really incredible. The cast is so great because all these, most of these people in the show are the fucking worst, but they behave in a way that like the people that are fucking worse than our lives behave. Like they, they are completely oblivious to how much they're the worst. And, and, and it, they do an interesting, I was just talking to, to Lon on Twitter about it. They, they do something really interesting where the people behave in such a human relatable way that it helps you realize the way that you people in general kind of paper over their own privilege, like justify their own little like privileged behavior um, that, that I think is really interesting. And um, so it's, it's six episodes of the first season. Uh, it's kind of an anthology. So this was supposed to be like a standalone thing. Next season will fall, go to a different white Lotus hotel somewhere else in the world. Um, and, uh, it, it's, I, I think with the shows that you've liked Roxy, I think you'll really respond well to this show. If, if the criticisms I will give is we do spend a little bit of time with some native people on the Island, but not enough. And they never become like fully fleshed out people. And, and, and I think this is more about like deconstructing white privilege, but I also think, um, it, when we talk about yeah but you could just i mean you could just make a show not centered on white people like i think like yeah. uh, like i look it's like at deconstructing it we're also pedestaling it yeah exactly we're also like spending time with it and i and i, I it's, yeah, i'm looking at the cast it is a very white cast yeah and they and they do they deconstruct and it, it's really smart too because it's not just like it, it finds a way to de- deconstruct like a lot of neoliberal ideas it's not just like it, it it's really nuanced in the way it takes tackles the characters but but i do think uh my the mileage i have left in watching shows about white people being the worst is 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 limited and shrinking like this show gets a pass because of how well it's scripted but it's like i don't i think we could just write shows that aren't 
solely focused on white people. Like it's it's what you're doing it to comment on how bad white people are, but we also but also we know we we're we're aware. Yeah, cover of this looks like a movie. It's great. Uh, yeah, I, I check it out. I'm I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on it. It's interesting. My wife's just started watching Nine Perfect Strangers on Hulu, and it's interesting how that show starts off almost like exactly the same way. Although it's clear that the show's intentions are very different. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I recommend checking it out, and I because just I think the cast is such a good job, and and um, it's really smartly written, um, and uh, I I enjoyed it. Um, so go check it out. All right. One more thing for what we're into before we get to the main event. Uh, and this is something that actually you and I both watched, but I wanted to touch back on it because you're caught up and I'm caught up and I wasn't going to watch it and you suggested it. And so I watched it and I enjoyed it. Let's talk about Dave. The end of season two is wrapped up. You're caught up, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm caught up as well. Uh, I thought the finale was really good. So good. And, and good in a, everything about this show is ridiculous and silly and whack, but then there's also heart to it. Yeah. And the finale really focused, especially the last couple of minutes on the heart yes. of this show. Uh, and I think for both of us, I don't want to speak for you, but data is one of my favorite characters just on any show. Yeah. I think he is so, so not only just written well, but the actor, the whole thing, Gata yeah. just works for me on a way that a lot of characters do not because it, he just feels so real. 100%. And, and so I think it's smart. The more we lean into him, the more I love the show and the finale choosing to have a be, I don't know if I would say Gata centered, yeah. but at least Gata half centered or whatever. Yeah. That worked. I loved this season. It's getting, it's not getting as much love as season one. But for me, I loved season one. I love season two. I find something in every episode of this show that really touches my soul and makes me spit take laugh so loud that like, if you're doing both those things for me in an episode, then how can I even say anything other than I think it's one of the best shows on TV. I'm so into it. Yeah. Well, before I talk any about finale, I do want to mention the second to last episode where Dave kind of it, it goes into, um, I'm going to use the name. It's, it's, it's a sensory deprivation tank. Um, uh, it's a float. That's what they're called. He goes into a float and he goes into his innermost mind and he runs into like this bald, like, like a powder white version of himself. And it, watching that, I was like, Man, we need to get Dave Bird to play like a supervillain in something. Because I thought would, that. I go, yeah. he's Lex Luthor. He's Lex Luthor, one hundred percent. Oh shit, he's the best Lex Luthor we haven't gotten yet. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. this is what this is what Zack Snyder wanted to do with Jesse Eisenberg's Lex, but better. Like this is this is what he was shooting for. <laughs> I couldn't have. Oh my god, DJ, I'm so glad you said. That. I thought the exact same thing, and I was thinking. How smart of him to showcase himself in this way? Because I never would have thought of that otherwise. And then I watched that and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. We need to do it. And also, I think it's smart too, because I think one of the things that I struggle with on this show that I think um, Donald Glover smartly avoided in Atlanta is Donald Glover didn't cast himself as rapper Donald Glover. You know what I mean? And so there's a little bit of a distance. So there's times in this show where Dave is obviously being behaving in a privileged way and and selfishly but there's always a lingering question of like there's this feeling of like a little bit of a justification it's like yeah this is not good but he's kind of right and it's like i don't think he is 
and I think the show thinks he does. He is, and I don't agree. And I, but I feel like part of that feeling comes from the fact that it's Dave playing Dave, and so there is this sense of like it. it, it, it so in moments like that where he gets to distance himself from it, and in the finale, I think one of the smartest things in the finale that that kind of blew my mind was when Gata's sister calls Gata Dave. Like that's how his family refers to him, and then the title comes up, and it's one of the smartest ways to puncture this idea of like, yeah, Dave is the protagonist, but everybody's the protagonist of their own thing. Gata's yeah. his own protagonist, and and it's such an elegant way of illustrating that. That yeah, this Dave is about Dave Bird, but it could also just as easily be about Gata, and and his struggles in that, and the scene where uh, Dave goes to confront. Gata, because he thinks he's having an episode, right? And Gata's like, "No, man, you're just you're just kind of a fucking asshole." And he points to the room where he's like, "I'm doing this for the love of it." It was just such a great like. I I, I thought the season really summed up Dave's arc this season really smartly because he's he really hasn't done a good job. Like we 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 deconstructed a little bit when he goes in the flow and goes into his like own headspace, but this was really like the last like. I guess ego death kind of like it does. It's not all about me. I don't need to get so wrapped up in this shit. I just need to do what I love with people that I love. And, and the way they wrapped it up, it, it's interesting. Cause it's like, actually this would be a really great way to end the show. Like if the show ended here, yeah. this is a really good note. It feels like this really feels like it wraps up both seasons really well. Yeah. The way that I, I, I slightly disagree with you in terms of, I think the show is so self-aware and I think that Dave is the main an antagonist as well. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think that they ever think that he is in the right. I think that they think that he is providing a life for other people that might not be provided. And by that, there is a, a dynamic shift. Yeah. But I think that they really dive into like what a fuck he is sometimes yeah. and his privilege and what that ends up looking like. So I, I really think that they do do that, but it's, I agree with you that in this episode, everything about be it being you being the hero of your own story and you yeah. being at least at the center of your own story and with data, I loved that. And then for spoilers on this, but the the final moment when Dave is saying like, "Do you know? Has anybody talked to Gata?" And mm -hmm. we assume obviously that Gata's at home, yeah, and that and that that's what he's doing. We're flashing him that he's watching it or whatever. And when he comes up, I like wanted to cry, yeah, because. Do the right thing, people. And mm -hmm. Dave often doesn't do the right thing. <laughs> and in this moment, he did. And it can change. Doing the right thing can change somebody else's life. Yeah. Not even by doing like the the above and beyond. Just the right. It's the right thing to do. And yeah. so I don't know. I really like it. Just touched me in a way that I was like, I just root for Data so hard. And when Dave does the right thing. I feel proud of him because he's such a fuck most of the time. For real. And again, I think that's such a that's such a smart note to end on. Um, and, and you're right. And it's something interesting about act, watching Gata act because the impression you get is that he's not acting. Like this is just who he – because it's – again, it's the character that is himself and whatever. But then the, the emotional – Areas that he's able to get into, specifically the episode in season one where we find out about his his bipolar, and and this is like this is it's just really like, oh my god, like it's it's so emotionally engaging, um, and it's also I think you make a really good point about the what Dave's trying to do with his what is it VMAs that he's trying to perform at. Yeah, it's so fucking what he's trying to do to make it special so fucking complicated. 
Right. And just doing the right thing with his collaborator and friend is so simple. Yeah. And, and, but still so effective. And it's like, that's, a, that's actually a really good lesson. We get, and it's something I don't, I'm sorry, a lot of political things have been on my mind recently. So I know I tend to veer into political things, but it, it doesn't matter the specific political thing, but there's, there's situations going on where it's like, if you just did the decent thing, it would be so significantly less complicated than all the random bullshit we're doing right now. <laughs> Yeah, like do the thing that saves the most lives and, and yeah. improves the most lives and then you would be okay like it's so, so true dj because he's like i have to get the skin of a pig on my penis to cover the like all that shit and it's like or yeah or or just go on stage with your friend and like rap and just tear the house down with your rap and just uh, call it a day <laughs> yeah everybody's like trying to get that viral moment these days and i and i think that um yeah, even with I'm with you with everything going on, politically speaking and otherwise, just everybody is trying to say everything other than this is the right thing to do. So we're going to do it because yeah. it's the right thing to do. And just yeah, it's it's not it's it, things are. And I think that's the big lesson at the end of the show. And I think it applies to a lot of things is it, it, it's finale specifically, not necessarily the show as a whole. But like we have a tendency to make things significantly more complicated than they need to be. Mm-hmm. And so just uh, stop it. <laughs> just cut the fuck out. And of course that plays into Dave as a character because he tends to be so neurotic. And it's like, just get out of your own head. And I, I, the other standout episode for me in season two, other than um, what's his producer friend that, that's an actual producer. Yeah. Um, it's uh, Andrew. San- uh, what the fuck? No, it? it's um, are you talking about with the red hair. No, no, no. Uh, the, the, the big time producer that's like friends oh. with Justin Bieber. Oh, Benny Blanco. Oh, um, that- yeah, yeah. The, the episode with Benny Blanco is just hilarious, but the episode with Doja Cat, where you see all the stuff as a female artist that she has to deal with, and then you've got the male, all these male artists that are just like stoking their ego, and 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 that, I thought that episode was actually re- it looks like it's going one direction that I was like, I don't know if I can deal with this, and then it pivots and ends up being like a lot more smarter and nuanced than I anticipated. Yeah, what are you thinking about? Because you watched it in such such a close amount of time. How do you feel about his relationship with his ex-girlfriend? Like, do you, are you rooting for them? Or no, you not? I think she's smart when she's like, hey, listen. And, and I thought that was actually a really devastating but smartly scripted scene where he wants to get back together. And then, so, and he gets nervous. And so is the song he has her listen to is like, actually, no, this is just going to go on the album. What? And he frames it like he wants to know her permission, but he clearly doesn't. And it's a great moment of like, oh yeah, you haven't learned anything like the you've learned the uh, minimal amount of things i wouldn't I, I, in one hand i'd like to see them get back together in, in that i don't see a function for that actress on the show if they're not right and so as, as somebody that thinks she's talented and like to see her work more I, that would be cool as narratively it's like it's in both of their best interest to not like that. if these were your friends you would be like no. nah yeah. you nah it's you've gone too far i don't think there's there's backsies on this one yeah. uh what about you your lover it's, love and shipper of ships i know that's the problem because i always root for the main character to get what they want and he clearly wants her however i know he does not deserve her he has <laughs> not grown enough for her and she seems like a great girl so like I don't root for it here, but it is strange to have that dynamic where I'm just like, nope, mm-hmm. nope. I also really love the episodes this season with uh, him coming up with his the girl who's the photographer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That was really cool, too. Oh, and that was a great moment, too, where it's another episode that feels like it's about Dave, but it's, it's really not. It's about her. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's that's I, I think that's a smart part of the show where the the um, focusing on other people's journeys and how it is less breezy as Dave's like like a lot of it's like Dave falling like ass first into like the biggest fucking record deals. And it's like this son of a bitch. And so but this season pulling out of that and being like here's how it's not as easy for people, other, other people. And in so stuff too, like I think it's in the first episode of season two where a guy, a guy on a bicyclist cuts her off and she literally chases him down to be like, no, I am a good driver and they don't comment on, on it. But if anybody knows anything about oh, stereotypes in America, yeah. it's very informative of, of you suddenly that tells you something experiences she's had in the past that we, as a show, we don't need to stop and explain to you. You just know, like, and Dave is oblivious to it, completely oblivious to it. He has no no context of like, why would she possibly do this? And like, come on, man. It literally take two seconds yeah. to think about it. <laughs> so it does sound like, DJ, you are enjoying the show. Yeah, I I, I think there are moments, the, the, again, the more we focus on Dave falling ass first into unbelievable success um, is not my favorite. The The efforts they do, so if you told me, Listen, that little tease in the last episode where we call Gata Dave and, and then the title card comes up is a signal that season three is going to be focused on him. Way on board. Uh, uh, um, but but I do think uh, I, I, the show is finding a really smart way to dissect all that. So, yes, yes. Overall, the answer to your question, yes, I did. I did enjoy the show. I appreciate you bringing it up. And, and I'm glad I started watching it because I do think um, uh, it, it does some really uh, it's it's. It's smarter than it probably needed to be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it, because I find these to be the more similar shows of all shows on of this type right now, you prefer Rami to Dave? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, because Rami's situation, I relate more to Rami's situation than mine. Like being a guy that kind of like is trying to find your way and is kind of struggling with money, I find more relatable than, oh, yeah, I got this record deal, but they're not doing the stuff I want them to do. I, I, I more relate to Gata when he's like, you know, people I know that would literally murder somebody for what you have and you're bitching about it. Like, shut the fuck up and do do just yeah. do the thing, man. Like that. I, I find my relating myself to the periphery characters where I do not necessarily some of the dipshit stuff Rami does, but I, I find characters like it's the same reason why I kind of like gravitate more to something like um, Broad City as opposed to girls. I find the characters in Broad City much more relatable than anybody in girls. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. 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 Okay. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. 
What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Uh-oh, what does that transition mean? It, it probably means that there was an ad break there. But also, now we are going to get into our main topic for today, which is Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Spoilers. It is, we did non-spoilers last week now it is time for full spoilers so if you haven't watched the movie get out of here don't spoil it for yourself go see the movie come back like i said last week the synopsis is shang chi is the master of unarmed weaponry based kung fu is forced to confront his past after being drawn into the ten rings organization and is directed by destin daniel cretton of course stars simu liu aquafina tony lung uh, michelle Yu, and a bunch of other incredible people um and spoilers, they cast people that I couldn't mention last time, but we're under, we're operating, we're going straight into spoilers. We're operating under the impression that you've watched the movie, you have an opinion about the movie, uh, and we're not going to tell you anything you don't know. Uh, Tim Roth is in here as Abomination. Benedict Wong is in here as Wong. And something I thought was a spoiler, but when I looked it up, is already on IMDb, is Ben Kingsley shows back up as Trevor Slattery. Apparently, the world just knew that. I didn't know it going in. I did not know it either, and I don't think most of the people who were in our screening DJ knew it. Yeah, so that was um, that was fun because I I don't they, there's a scene where where Tony Leung, who plays Wenwu or the traditional Mandarin talks about Trevor Slattery and Iron Man three, and I don't know you Roxy, but he was done having that conversation. I was like, oh, Trevor's dead. Trevor Trevor fucking got killed. That's he's 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 dead now. And so uh, when he showed back up, I was like, oh, man, like this is this is good. And then he's funny. And then the little uh, plush toy shows up. Uh, the marketing plush toy shows up. And then he takes them to the place that we spent a, a good chunk of the movie trying to figure out how to get to. And then it just and then that it, I, I Trevor Slattery showing up is actually my demarcation point for the, where the movie kind of goes off the rails for me. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of where it doesn't it, it never quite. It never quite recovers, um, and for me, um, but yeah. So spoilers, we can talk about it now. We can do all the things. Let's get into them. Spoilies. Do you have any spoiler thoughts that we weren't able to discuss last time that we can discuss now? Yeah. So I guess just more specifically, I love the majority of this movie. It doesn't go off the rails for me as early as it does for you. It's really even once we get to the new land and through the forest and we're there and we're meeting all these new people with the aunt and everybody. I'm really still on board. Yeah. And, and even as we're hearing the stories and um, we're training and we're preparing for the dad to come and all of that, I'm still so on board. Yeah. It's not until dragons. Like, yeah, dragons, and also I, for me, my big uh oh is when we the classic. We're walking, we're pointing at statues. Statues of exposition. It's cultures apparently are big and engraving statues that are good for exposition later. And so, it's like, yeah, the dweller in darkness. I'm like, what? Why? <laughs> I like was so visually pleased by that part though because I was just thinking, I think they actually carved these. <laughs> like these look real to me. I mean, just the way we were looking at, it, I was like. How long did this take? This is this just all CG? These look effing good. Mm-hmm. So whatever. I I actually like the statue part, but I'm still I'm still so down. But when we leave all humans out of it, yeah. And we're it's not uh, it's not Shang Chi and his dad fighting right outside, which I thought was great, and it's not 
the sister doing what she thinks is best or Aquafina trying to, when it's just dragon on dragon war. Yeah. Or dragon on whatever that other thing is. Whatever the thing, the dweller in darkness, whatever it is. My eyes went from this to, like, I just couldn't, I could not. I could not. It was so frustrating. And then when we were done with that, we came back to family stuff. I love the post credits. I love the mid credits. I love Aquafina and Simu Liu coming back and sitting at the table and explaining to the friends. Mm-hmm. I love Wong. I love I love everything that went down before and everything that went down after. But when we are spending like twenty minutes with these dragons, yeah, these CG and dragons. I don't care about either of them. Well, because they're not. They have nothing you, to do with our characters. They don't. And you know for a fact that. They're not going to lose, so mm-hmm. you already know what's going to happen. Oh my god! And the way they took out the Dwell in the Darkness was the most biggest bullshit shrug of a like, ah, whatever. The one, the one the arrow. arrow from Aquafina, who even jokes about having practiced with an arrow for a day. It's like it, it felt like the whole the movie just gave me a big middle finger. Like we don't give a shit about any of this. That, Fuck that was, off. That was like just such a bummer to me because I think this movie made a lot of great points. It was really beautiful. I think that it did such a great job with Simu. Uh, and Aquafina's relationship and like friendship and the will they won't they of that. And then with the dad, I also, I think a, a big colossal mistake of theirs as well, though, was I think that they told us too early that the mom was dead in terms of once we knew she was dead, but he was hearing her voices. Yeah, I think they should have left it as more of a mystery so that when he comes there, we don't know what's real or what's not. But the second we get there, the aunt's like, that's not true. Yeah, bullshit. There's this giant. And it's like, and again, like we get into the, the whole complications of like the the mom and the secret land and all this other stuff. And it, it's just like, no, I just want to see Shang-Chi deal with his dad stuff. And then we set up like Death Dealer, the guy that with the mask that trains him, that's that's supposed to seems like in the trailers, he's like the biggest fucking badass. He goes out like, a chump with one of the, the soul. And it's like, Oh, well that guy didn't matter. Why did we literally spend any time with that character? Cause he, he does not yeah. matter. I still, I liked the land. I liked whatever that pillow looking animal was. <laughs> I liked the Ben Kingsley stuff. I liked learning about the mom's land. I want to spend more time there. I felt like it was like our version of Themyscira where I just was like, wow, this is also beautiful. And I really liked all that stuff because it still felt character related. Like, more stories bigger like this aunt what did she have to do with it she was waiting for them to come what does that mean are they hoping that they stay there take over like there was just so many questions and i was like "Ooh, i'm so into this it's really not until we are going to take all of our characters out and this is for the next 20 minutes this is cg time baby yeah we are only in cg land i was like no take me back take me back yeah. i don't want to be here and then like on the dragon. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and I just think it would have been a much more engaging film if we just because because think about what they abandon. They abandon the fact that the dad has magical space rings. That again, we go back to in the comics. Each one of them does a different thing. You could literally do anything with those rings. He also leads what seems to be the largest criminal slash terrorist organization that has ever existed in the MCU. And yeah. we do nothing with that. Yeah, I did think the fight with the dad and uh, Shang Chi was sick. Yeah, I loved. It. I thought that was so cool. You're talking about at the at the end. 
Yeah. Yeah. But it's again, for me, it was like, it's still big CG. Like, eh. it's not, it doesn't have, it doesn't have the tangible, like, like I think about like the bus fight. I think about the, the fight on the side of the tower. Like there's this fight was incredible. Holy crap. And and there's a lot of CG. Oh my God. The the scapling fight was unreal. And of course, I'm not naive. I know there's a lot of CG in that too, but there's a tangible quality. There's a real, like there's a physical aspect and the way they depict Shang-Chi moving, which leads to my another disappointment. You mentioned like we still don't know everything about the Ten Rings. That is true, but they no longer belong to Wenwu because he's dead. So we're not gonna get we're not gonna get the Mandarin. Like we're just we're just not. Like we've had three yeah, chances now. Learn, <laughs> we're gonna learn about the rings, but now they as, belong to Shang, Shang-Chi. Yeah, but I don't want Shang Chi to have superpowers. He's much more engaging as just the the sickest fighter. Like the Shang-Chi they sold me at the beginning of the movie in the bus fight and the scaffolding fight. And it's like, yeah, that guy I'm way invested in. Magical Ten Rings Kamehameha Shang-Chi. It's like, I don't I don't care about this guy. Oh, I dig that. I dig that. And I also think like deciding when to use them, when not, if you should keep them on, if you should keep them off. I think they've set up a world in which I really care about. I care about the aunt. I care about him and his sister. I care about him and his best friend. I, I'm like loving moving forward with this. I like the end of it too, where even though, you know, I can't having stand Dr. Strange, I like knowing what we're doing yeah. and it feels like, I, I, although I have no idea why they are including Aquafina in that, I want her there, but like, why, when we go get him, yeah. we're like, we need you too. Also what? question about like, what is the deal with Wong and Abomination? Are they working together? That was so confusing to me that they're in the fight ring, but they're also, they're working together and then they go to like, what looks like a lab. Like he opens a portal and it looks like they walk into a, like a lab and it's like, what am I supposed to get out of this? Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know with that. Uh, but I, I even like the, with the sister now she's taking over and yes, uh, which I, I let's okay. Let's go into the after credit scenes. Because we're already kind of touching on them. You mentioned, um, so so Shang-Chi and Katie are taken to Karmatage by Wong. And the after credit scene is we get Wong um, uh, with Captain Marvel played by Bree, uh, Brie Larson and Bruce Banner played by Mark Ruffalo with his arm in a sling. And both of them look like they just literally stumbled out of their trailer. Somebody threw the costume on real quick. And it's like, hey, let's go. <laughs> um, and they're trying to deduce the origin of the Ten Rings. Apparently, when Shang-Chi used them, they sent out a signal, which I'm assuming, I honestly, when they were building up to the dweller in darkness i'm like oh fing fing foom and uh then it wasn't it was some other generic bullshit and then uh i i think the signal is setting up fing fang foom for a sequel which the only thing i'm excited about them saving that for a sequel as opposed to doing it in this movie is that maybe now that suicide squad's out they'll pull a starro and it, it, he looks exactly like he looks in the comics like it's just big cgi version of that as opposed to whatever the mm-hmm. hell we got at the end of shang chi it's like don't that don't don't make Fing Fang Foom the dweller in darkness. I don't want to see more of this shit. I want to if you're gonna do it, go big, go goofy, make it look like fucking Jack Kirby's Fing Fang Foom or whoever. I don't know. I, I don't know if Jack Kirby designed Fing Fang Foom. Yeah, I have to I look that up. Um, so that's the the first after credit scene, and the other one you mentioned is, um, and this one interested me significantly more because I felt like we dropped hints at it, uh, and I would, I we set up such an interesting relationship with Shang and his sh- sister. And it, it, it's like, a, I, that's that's the heart of the movie. I want more of that. And Xiaoling um, takes over the army of the Ten Rings uh, in her father's stead. And it's like, yeah, forget, listen, I love comics. Show me Fim Fang Foom. Sure. I don't, honestly, I don't give a shit about that. I'd rather see Shang-Chi deal with this. I'm much more invested about 
whatever's going on there. <laughs> now, okay, now that she can, this might be the dumbest comment ever. I don't know because I haven't thought it through, but this is how I felt. Now that she can train women because she's in charge and she's like, women can train with men and that's fine. Don't you want her to train the Black Widow? The new one? Sure. No, no, all of them. Remember how the Black Widow get oh, fucking shipped sure. out at the end? I hope that's where they're going. Yeah, I want except, them to be going there. Except I hope we don't like... Don't make her a good guy. This should be a bad thing. This should be a, this should be a, this is, this is because I, I, I thought it was interesting. Bad guy? Yeah. I mean, that's more interesting because when she talks to, um, um, Aquafina and she's like, yeah, well, my dad wouldn't let me part of his empire. I wanted my own. And it's like, well, and Aquafina, like, she said, that's positive thing. It's like, no, empires are bad. So that's, Bad. It doesn't matter if she's leading or her dad's leading it. Empires are bad. And no, I want her to be a good. I don't want her to be a bad guy. No, but that, I think it's more interesting. Again, that's a more interesting family drama that we kind of abandoned in this movie that we could explore here. That, no, uh, no, and it's also a good opportunity to kind of like deconstruct girl boss bullshit. Like that kind of like it's like yeah, yeah. It doesn't if you're doing the same thing the guy is doing it's still bad. It doesn't matter that you're a woman. It's still, it's still negative. Yeah. I wonder what's going to happen with the aunt and what was the name of the place that we went with them? I don't even know. And I think because it's invented to this, I, and it's uh, as of this recording, we're not, nobody's talking about it yet. I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that place was, I would like to explore that more in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am interested. I like the pillow creature. Yeah. I thought that he was cute. Yeah. How is he talking to Trevor Slattery? He's talking to him with energy. Yeah. It's a vibe. It's a bop, so DJ. It's tough. It's tough for me because I wonder, do, do I hate the back half more because of how much I liked the first half? Because it is, it is, it is like I, I think the back half of Shang-Chi is probably the worst thing MC's ever done. Like, like no I would I, I would rather watch oh, Thor, wow. I would rather watch Thor 2 than the back half of Shang-Chi. <laughs> wow yeah i do not feel that way at all i liked it yeah i just like the dragon stuff yeah and it's like yeah but it's for me it's all the it's uh, it's it's not just the dragon. i mean everything looks cool like that you've got the you got the i think they're 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 called the imperial lions um and you've got uh, it's they're kitsune in japan the nine-tailed foxes there's a different name for them in china uh, and I don't remember off the top of my head. Like I like all that stuff about the forest stuff, like going through the forest, turning left, right. That like, did you yeah. like the way that looked, or you were no, not into that? I, I didn't want any of the magic stuff. I just wanted to see. I, I I wanted to unpack. Okay, so Dad led the Ten Rings. He hasn't been doing it. He didn't do it whenever he was with Chang Chi's mom. Now it's back. What does that mean? How does that apply to the MC? What is what does that mean for the? What does that organization mean? What does it mean for the history of? of of this universe what are the what are the nature of the 10 rings um uh it, it raised so many interesting I, I wanted to spend this is your big time to sell us on shang chi and so to abandon that character in his relation with his dad in the back half of the movie just feels grievous it just feels like like a just a huge missed opportunity um to invest in stuff that feels solely designed to sell toys um um it, it, and that 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 bums me out so then that's i think that's why it's like yeah by the way fin fang from was created by jack kirby i got that right thanks um but like sure if they should bring up fin fang foom in the sequel the comic fandom is going to be like that but i'm more interested to see 
uh, I want to unpack the relationship with Shang-Chi and his sister more. I want to spend more time with the characters. I think there's more and and less in like all the fantasy world stuff. I just, I, I wasn't invested yeah. in that. So for, we, for I me. think we had the opposite because for me, the, the first half, first two thirds, honestly, were so strong that it makes me not care about the portion that I didn't like as much yeah. as opposed to feel more disappointed by it. I'm like, okay, it's so much of this movie I loved so much yeah. that I feel good about it still as opposed to you where you loved it so much and then it fell off such a cliff for you and for much longer that yeah. it seems you're like more bummed. And I think part of that is is that's where I left the movie. You know, right, that's, right. The, that's the back half of the movie. So like the freshest memory is all the is this is the elements I didn't like. And again, it makes me think about like I wonder how people I wonder what the critical reception will be. I wonder what um um because because like I you know, obviously mileage may vary. People have different expectations, different things that interest them and stuff like that. But I think like uh something like Black Widow has has narratively problematic elements, but at least it's cohesive. The movie it sets you up is the movie. Black Widow. Yeah, one hands down. Because the movie it sets up, I preferred Snake Eyes, honestly, because the movie it steps step sets up is the movie it delivers. It commits to like this is what we're talking about, these are the characters we're talking about, these are the relationship we're talking about. Um uh, it's not like the the spoilers for Snake Eyes. It's not like the two giant snakes that show up in Snake Eyes suddenly become the th- the whole thing that we're fighting. Like it's like no, the villain we're fighting is the villain we set up in the beginning, and it's all about those relationships. That's what matters. And again, not that there aren't narrative problems with those movies. Um, all these big block blockbusters because they're made by committee kind of feel like they're being made up on the fly. Like, like they get like the scripts being written as they're shooting it kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's a problem with every, every big budget blockbuster that's been coming out for the last 10 plus years. Yeah. Um, uh, but stuff like black widow, stuff like snake eyes feels more cohesive, um, uh, and so I, I enjoy them more and, and maybe possibly it's also the, uh, they're more grounded. Like if you look at the Marvel shows, I mean, I enjoy Falcon and Winter Soldier more than WandaVision, more than Loki. And that shows, I, I, I don't know that like Marvel has cracked. It's more magical stuff in a way that interests me personally. Um, uh, I, but you I, like I, Doctor Strange. Uh, no, actually, I don't. I don't like. I don't dislike it as much as You're you. With me, oh. I like Doctor Strange the character. Um, uh, I think the movie, and again, it goes back to like Doctor Strange's abilities are so unique and so specifically could be visually engaging. And so, like to to, and I get what they wanted to do. What they wanted to do was make magic tangible, but by limiting it to like making swords and making whips, it's like well, that's boring like that's not it's 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 not like you want you want people to put the same in legion we've talked about it had its problems narratively especially in the end of season two and going into season three but when it went to like psychic battles it wasn't just people throwing multicolored goop at each other they they did dance competitions and uh, they they did visually interesting and engaging things and it's like you, you literally can do anything you have the money to do anything it kind of goes back to in a way and 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 i love this movie but like polka dot man in the comics, each of his dots do a different thing. And so in the suicide squad, it's just blah, blah, dots and they just melt things. And it's like that movie, it's a little bit more forgetful because we're doing a lot in that movie. We, it's, it's, we don't have a lot of time to, to yeah. do whatever, but it does still feel like a, a missed opportunity to like, 
his powers are extra dimensional. Like maybe he's pulling stuff. Like maybe like each time he uses a different dot, it pulls a different thing. And that could be visually engaging in a way that, that again, like I, I just, it, it bums me out that like, no matter what the ability is, the studio will dumb it down into like, Hey, here's magic CG goop. And it's like, well, I, I don't know. Do, do something a little bit different. Let's get into our questions. Uh, Leonard Kim, based off this movie, how much of a factor do you think Shang-Chi will be in the next phase of the MCU? A big one. Yeah, for real. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't trot out Captain Marvel and Hulk at the end of your movie if you're not trying to really like sell people on like, no, this is this is an Avengers level dude. I think for for 15 reasons. Number one, where we end this movie. Not only do I think most people are going to really love Simu Liu's performance and really like him. Yeah. So we're sold on Shang-Chi as a character, but he also now has the 10 rings. Yeah. So he's got all the powers and our post credit scenes specifically bring him into our Avengers like almost almost fully. Yes. Um, so for all of those reasons, they clearly are planning on having him be at that level. Yeah. Uh, and I think they should. I think the best part about Shang-Chi was Shang-Chi. Agreed. So that's cool. And we like the character and moving forward. I'm curious how much Aquafina, what is it, Katie? Katie, yeah. I'm curious how much Katie's going to be part of it. Because it seems like not only is Shang-Chi going to be part of the Avengers, but it seems like they have big plans for Katie. That'll be interesting. You you make a really good point because there's a reason they kind of like drag her in there. I mean, they probably bring her in there so they could do that lame karaoke joke at the end. Um, but uh, uh, it is it is interesting the way they position her as as part of that. Um, and, and it'll probably be like every other supporting character in like is Pepper going to show up or is Jane Foster going to show up? It's like, well, we'll see if the schedules align. If, if right. when you do like a crossover, you know what I mean? Like, ah, oh, we'll see if the schedules align. Do you think? Because this goes back to the larger question you raised when we talked about Eternals in the last episode about like, since we don't know if we're getting like an Avengers or an Ultimates or like, are we going to see Shang-Chi next in Secret Invasion or is it, are we going to see him next in Shang-Chi 2? Like, if, clearly if we do another big team that's not Young Avengers, um, he's going to be there. If whatever the next Avengers is. You know, Captain Marvel, presumably a Black Panther. Shang-Chi's going to be in that group, whatever that is. You don't think he's going to be in Multiverse of Madness? Um, do you? I mean, that's a good question because it's Wong, right? Yeah. Although, on paper, I like that idea. We've already got so much going on in Multiverse of Madness. And I'm, I'm worried that that movie's not going to be like a story. It's just going to be like Cameo Central. Like, hey here's all the you know what i mean it's like i like shang chi i'd like to see him but we've also got wanda we've also got uh america chavez we've also got like whatever whatever if they're gonna dump any stuff from what if in there it's like we got there's a lot going on in multiverse of madness yeah well what do we have coming up we have spider-man coming up we have multiverse coming up we have eternals coming up yeah as far as the movies go that's as far as i know um and, and 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 the the biggest opportunity for like a big crossover I can see is Secret Invasion, which is a Disney Plus show. Yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of think he's gonna show up in in Doctor Strange. Do you? When do you think we'll? Because I feel. Oh, 
I don't know why I'm asking that. Like, wouldn't we have heard about it? And literally, reviews aren't allowed to go out. As of this recording, reviews aren't allowed to go out. So it's like, we'll probably, if he is, we'll probably hear about it like a week after the movie releases. Yeah. yeah. I did think it was interesting, too, that um, Benedict Cumberbatch wasn't in this movie. I mean, I think it's one, one, I like Benedict Wong as an actor a lot. So anytime he shows up in something, I enjoy it. And, Me and, too. It's, and, it's, and as a person, too, he's just awesome. I'm you've like, met him? I, yeah, yeah. I cool. interviewed him. He actually follows me. And oh um, the fact that what a calling card for me, the fact that him and Simu both follow me, I feel like I, I'm, You're I, a queen. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a queen. Yeah. That's pretty much the point. Uh, but I think he is like salt of the earth. Thank genuinely God. like just awesome dude. So yeah, I'm really, I think he's great. And I loved seeing him here. And I like his character way more than I like Dr. Strange. <laughs> I don't like Dr. Strange's character. So I was so much happier with this, but I was just kind of surprised because if you're able to get Mark Ruffalo and you're able to get Brie Larson, yeah, then maybe it was a scheduling thing or maybe they didn't want him. I don't know. Well, I think it's also like, is there even a, like, he's like the one Asian character they got is Wong before, yeah, before yeah, this yeah. movie. So it makes sense that he would be the one in there. And again, similar, like, again, I don't dislike Dr. Strange the way, the way you do, but I, I like, again, Benedict Wong and Wong. And so, um, I, I just think Benedict Wong does, does interesting things. I just find him an interesting actor to watch. Um, and, um, so I think that's probably the main reason that it's more, and also to avoid any, like, here's a white guy telling you, how magic works you know what i mean like it's like let's let's get our other asian character in there to be the one that kind of like because it's not really a mentorship role but it could become that if they wanted it to be yeah yeah true very true yeah so i'll be interested to see it'll be interesting to see that by the time this episode drops um as of this recording we have no idea what chunk she's going to show up in next by the time this episode drops we might have an announcement that he's going to be in multiverse of madness as well yeah um and literally everybody's going to be in that movie uh uh when does that come out i think it comes out in the next year <laughs> oh i actually God. have no idea let's find out when looking it-, it up right now it's supposed to come out in oh my goodness I, I really don't know. Oh my God, Roxy! I want you to I want you to to make a guess. I want you to make a guess. Okay, so we know Eternals is in November. <laughs> when is when is uh, Spider Man Far From Home? Like no, December. Uh, it's like December. December. What's it called? Spider Man? What? Uh, uh, um, no, no way, way home. home. No way home. Uh, okay, so then I'm guessing that this is. Well, we haven't seen anything. Summer, June? March 25th, 2022. March. March. Yeah, I was giving it till June, but March, wow. That's nuts. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's so soon. That's stupid soon. Do we even know? Have Have they wrapped? I have no idea. No, I have no idea. It's at this point, it's hard to keep track because with the shows and the movies and everything, it's like they're just filming stuff all the time. Yeah, yeah. The COVID of it, like, like you would have thought they would have taken this chance to be like, listen, we're just delaying everything a year, and it's like, no, everything's gonna, we're just gonna pile it on each other. It's like every couple months, you're gonna have a new Marvel movie in theaters. 
Yeah, um, I genuinely don't know. Like, are they are they wrapped? They're obviously in post in some way, right? I mean, March. they would have to be March. Like, well, and again, that's the other thing that I think like a big way that blockbusters are made now is a lot of elements are in previs before sometimes even directors are hired. And so that's right. another part of my feeling in the back half. It felt like, you know, they they at some point in the stage, they brought in some sort of creator and that person was like, OK, I've got all these ideas for Shang-Chi. And they're like, oh, great. But also we bankrupt three CG studios to make this world that he's going to show up in. So find find a way to fit that in there. There's a big dragon battle. You'll figure it out. Go, 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 go get the Kraken. Um, but I do want to say before we wrap up, I know that I, the back half of Shang-Chi is really tough for me. That said, Simu Leo truly is, I totally agree with Roxy. He's the best part of the movie, but not just that, the whole cast across the board. Yeah. Great want to see more of these characters wouldn't mind seeing them in different situations situations more similar to the front half of the movie but that said i i, I do hope this movie does well because i like the character i think they they i'd like to see him as part of the wider mcu and i'd like to see more of him and the and the cast of characters around him again his sister was a big standout for me um, um i'd like to see them butt heads more and like flesh that relationship out more but whatever they do i'd like to see more of that so so I, I did have a hard time with with aspects of this movie, but I do hope it does well. And I do like the character a lot. And I like, of course, I like Simon Liu. That's why they cast him. He's a super likable boy. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that we haven't spoken that much about is like, I did take my best friend to this and she is Asian and she thought this movie was like as close to perfect as a movie could be. And that okay. was so cool for her to be able to have that. And like, we talked a lot about the dragon stuff and she was saying to me, like, I love anything that's like part of the culture and that was so like such a cool cultural moment for me and i was like wow so maybe that stuff just was not for me and parts of movies are allowed to not be for me especially if they're being if they're positively being received by the people who need that movie the most want that movie the most um and can relate to that movie the most so absolutely although although um you and i might not prefer some of the cg stuff there was a lot of like stuff apparently in this mystical land that were really, really just not for me and you yeah. and were for people that it deserves to be for. So like, I was really happy to know that she thought this movie was effing flaw, like just the greatest thing that ever took place. That's and so cool. I'm hoping that the reception, we don't know yet because we, at this point of this retur- recording, we don't know, but I'm hoping that how, our black friends felt about black Panther and like had just been waiting so long to fucking have that movie. Yeah. I'm hoping that our Asian friends feel about Shang-Chi and I'm hoping that this is the start of many feelings like that for people who are not you and me. And mm-hmm. even though I loved this movie, um, I am okay taking an L on 20 minutes mm-hmm. if it's not if it's a W for them. So 100%. I think you're totally right. I, and I will be interested to see how that community, though the multiple communities react to that, because I do think you look at something like Black Panther and, and I think the way it tackled that culture felt more nuanced and lived in than what Shang-Chi did. So I will be interested to see how the general response is for that, whether they do feel like they're being represented or whether they feel like they're being pandered to. Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, because like you mentioned, like you and I are not, we're not that's not we're not able to to communicate with it on that level and and i think that's a i think that's a really good point that hopefully those people whenever you do whenever these studios do stuff to try and represent people you you hope it 
it lands at least on that level that the people that don't don't normally get to star in the big superhero blockbuster movie get their shot and it's able to do that for them right so yeah i think you're i, I totally agree with you so now it's time to wrap up it's time to wrap up roxy remind the kids at home where they can find you and what you're up to Everywhere at Roxy Stryer. I tweet out all the things I'm doing, but in case you need a reminder, every day, let Roxy 1 p.m., World Girl Wednesday and Sunday at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. And uh, I also do uh, SEN on Tuesday mornings and only Super Dancing on Friday with DJ. You're all over the place. You're all over the place. Uh, uh, So please, please, please go check all that out. If you aren't already, what are you doing? Go forward. Go do that. You can find me at DJ Talks Trash, and you can find the show at Only Stupid Answers everywhere that matters, but on Twitter. You got the vowel from stupid. Thank you all for joining us. We will be back next week with more stuff, so stay tuned for all that, and let us know what you thought about uh, Shang-Chi in the tweet, tweet, tweet. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.